Uh, hello, everybody, and welcome back to Thematic Commander. Um, so I've been doing a lot since the last time I was on. Uh, we moved into a house, we got married, um, started back up at work, everything like that. So what I'm going to try and do is anywhere from between five to ten minute segments every week, uh, just about what I'm doing in Magic, what's going on in Magic, uh, some interesting topics that I think are relevant, and we'll see how that goes. Hopefully, five to ten minute segments aren't too bad. Um, some might just be ones that might be a little outdated, might not be, but we'll see. Alright, so here we go. just, uh, came here to place a bet. All right. So some of the things I want to get into, one of the things that have been on my mind lately was using bad stacks pieces. So what a stacks deck is, is something that's trying to uh, prevent other people from playing the way that they were intended to play, um, disrupting their mana, disrupting their spell casting, disrupting the amount of spells they can cast per turn or when they can cast per turn, but also having your deck built around uh, playing around those certain aspects that you're trying to prevent. What I've noticed when I was playing stacks, and I started Legacy, uh, or playing stacks in Legacy, as my first dive into it, um, there are, but when you translate stacks over to commander, there are a lot of aspects of that, that kind of get lost because when it's a one-on-one, -on -one, you get to control the vast majority of aspects and how the game is playing. And you kind of understand what stacks pieces you need to get out to prevent your opponent from doing things. When you translate over to commander, there can be a lot of times when you put out a piece of stacks that your opponent actively wants to keep around. Uh, and it might only be shutting down one player at the table. And that one player might have the answer for when another opponent is going off and they need to be able to stop it. So there are a few stacks pieces that I want to discuss that are kind of just more detrimental to a four-player game than it is to a one-on-one -on -one game. I'm going to probably go over four or five cards, so we'll start off with uh, Void Mirror. So Void Mirror is a new card from Modern Horizons 2. It's two mana artifact, two colorless mana artifact. Whenever a player casts a spell, if no colored mana was spent to cast this spell, counter that spell. So the problem with Void Mirror is, yes, it shuts down things like Force of Will, Force of Negation, a lot of those spells. Uh, it shuts down the colorless decks, if you ever come up against, like, Kozilex and stuff like that. Um, it's not a very friendly deck for that. But also the other problem is, is it says players, so you can't play this in a deck where you're running any free counter spells or free spells like um, Deflecting Swat uh, or any of those other spells. But also... If your opponent is starting to combo off, so say they got infinite mana and they're pumping it, or yeah, say they got infinite mana, they're pumping it into 
a um, spell or ability, and they just keep recasting uh, Dockside Extortionist with a Teamer Sabertooth, and they have a way to filter it into an ability that's going to kill the whole table. Uh, if your opponent is holding a counter or a force of will or anything like that, they can't respond. Um, say it's a one the black deflecting SWAT version. Uh, they won't be able to kill the Teamer Sabertooth in response to the first activation if you have this void mirror out. Um, there's a lot of times when your opponent's like, oh, there's a void mirror out. I'm safe to go off. And you won't be able to do much about it if you've tapped out um, and you are holding a free counter spell. So I know a lot of the times you wouldn't be doing that if you're playing in the same Void Mirror deck. But I think there's a lot of times um, when that becomes really an issue. Uh, that little Void Spike was a ad from that. The next card up that I want to talk about is Price of Glory. So Price of Glory is two and a red enchantment. Whenever a player taps a land for mana during another player's turn, destroy that land. So this is a fun card to play. There are a lot of times when you're doing a group slug deck and you're like, yeah, I want them to be punished when they're playing cards during other people's turns or activating abilities during other people's turns. The problem with it, again, is the similar is most of them are going to be similar to the problem with Void Mirror. Um, you're resource denying other people and you're forcing them to play on their turn. The problem is, is people need to react to count or react to detrimental uh, combos that are happening on other people's turn. Uh, if this was a one on one, that'd be fine. You know, you're like, I don't want you doing anything during my turn. Uh, but now that it's a four-player game, you really need to keep in mind that these people are here to, quote-unquote, help you maintain what's going around at the table. And if you're forcing them to play on their turn, they're going to say, you know what, we can just go to the next game and I'll just let everybody die because I don't feel like losing all my mana to save this table. I feel like just going to the next game at that point. Uh, so Price of Glory as being a very fun card is not always a very good stacks piece to have out if you're trying to control other people at the table. You might be trying to combo off, and yes, you do want it for those times that you're comboing off, but maybe it's a card that you need to hold back until it's time for you to combo off. The next card up that I have um, would be Defense Grid. So Defense Grid is also another one of these you're forcing your opponents to play on their own turns, um, but this one is a little bit better because your opponents can still cast things. It's just they might not have the multiple answers that are sometimes needed in a commander game. So what we have here, two, two colorless mana artifact during each player's turn, each opponent, each other player spells cost three more to cast. Um, this one's a little bit better for you if you're a combo deck and you're trying to go off on your turn because two colorless mana is an easy cost to pay, especially if you're like, well, I'll have the two extra mana because I'm about to make infinite and go off, so it might be more of a counterspell uh, target than your actual combo piece. But Defense Grid is another one of those ones that kind of shuts down free spells. The next one up that might be a little more controversial will be Teferi Time Raveler, one white blue. Each opponent can cast spells only any time they could cast a sorcery. Again, uh, not allowing your opponents to counter spells, you'd have to be the only one that can do anything about anything, which is kind of like, 
oh great, now I'm the one that has to take care of everything at the table. I better have enough counter spells for everybody at the table. Um, which is not great for you. Putting all the illness on you to counter and control the table doesn't make a lot of friends. And also you do not have infinite resources most of the time. So it's really hard to go off. Um, so these were just a few of the stacks pieces that I think are more detrimental than anything uh, to play in your stack deck. So try and figure, you know, find other ones that are more um, symmetrical for everybody else at the table, uh, but still allows them wiggle room to counter spells uh, as long as your opponents aren't going off. Some ones that are a little less detrimental that I wanted to go over real quick in this 10-minute uh, segment, but are still on the kind of range of not great to play, uh, which I've gotten stuck in before, um, but more if you're just looking for that play style, or is the group slug, the group slug kind of play style, which can be fun if you're trying to go off with a really quick game and everything like that, uh, but you do run into a lot of issues. So things like uh, Sulphurous Vortex, at the, uh, one red-red enchantment. At the beginning of each player's upkeep, they lose two life uh, damage and uh, to that player. If a player would gain life, that player gains no life instead. That's fine. It goes off. But you do want to try and make this as non-symmetrical as possible, meaning you want your life total to be as high as possible before you play Sulphurous Vortex, as well as the board state to be as much in your favor before you play Sulphurous Vortex. Mana Barbs is also another one which I've run into um, being not great for me. Instead of playing Mana Barbs, I tend to try and play... Um, I'm looking for the card because I just had it out. So you have Mana Barbs and then you have Burning Earth. So Mana Barbs is three red enchantment. Uh, whenever a player taps Mana, uh, Mana Barbs deal one damage to that player. I mean, yeah, that affects everybody. It does get to be a little hard, though, when you're getting low on life total and you need to respond to something. Uh, whereas Burning Earth, three and a red enchantment, whenever a player taps a non-basic land for mana, Burning Earth deals one damage to that player. Now, this can be built in a way that it's way more detrimental to the other players around the table than it is to you. Um just being allow allowing you to respond to things, still allowing your opponents to respond to things, but sometimes they'll probably end up taking a little bit more damage. Whereas mana barbs will deal damage to everybody whenever they try to respond. And there have been multiple times that I've been locked out of the game because of a mana barbs on my side of the table, and other people have been locked out of the game because of a mana barbs on uh on my side of the table. So it can kind of go both ways, which is a little um detrimental. Spell Shock is something also similar. Two and a red, whenever a player successfully casts a spell, it deals two damage to him or her. Uh, same case, I've had points where I cannot play a Spell Shock because I will die if the Spell Shock goes off. Um, I can only cast like three spells and then I'm just sitting there not casting any spells and people are like, well, we don't really have to do anything about him. Uh, it's good to have a way to get rid of your own uh, permanence when stuff like that comes down. Blood Moon is one that's a little similar to Burning Earth. Um, Blood Moon 
I personally love, but I know there's times when it locks other players out from being able to do anything. This one's a little better in that sense, though, because you don't really have to worry about, hey, Blood Moon, um, you're not able to cast any of your free spells. No, they still are. They just aren't being able to progress their game. That's why I think Blood Moon is a little bit better than uh, the rest of these kind of stacks pieces that don't allow your opponents to really interact with stuff. Um, but so that was my thoughts for today. Uh, I'm really happy that I'm going to get to do a few more of these recordings. Uh, I really want to bust them out. You know, 10 minutes isn't too bad. And it's not really a deck tech. It's just kind of my thoughts on um, what I've been thinking about on Magic. So thank you for tuning in. Uh, I'll be getting this one out probably sometime this week. You have a great one. Bye.